I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Maeve McGuire, the Global Commercial Manager of CR2, Yamiru Chanyalu, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Moneta Technologies, and Kasai Eshetu, Director, Alternate Channels Department of Dashen Bank. And what we're talking about today is digital wallets. Dashen Bank is one of Ethiopia's largest private banks. CR2 is an omni-channel banking software and solutions provider and they've created the Amol Digital Wallet. Let me turn first to Kasai Eshetu, Direct Alternate Channels Department of Dashen. What does the digital banking platform offer to the bank? So, you know, looking into some of the figures will help us to see, you know, the real impact that Amole brings to the bank. You know, one of the most important impact is in terms of accelerating the number of digital customer base Amole, you know, plays a very grand role. So as of now, you know, we are able to onboard more than 2 million digital customers on the system, which is one of the largest in the market. Close to 1 million subscribers are omni-channel customers, you know, which is, you know, the first of its kind in the country. The impact in terms of accelerating the number of digital customer base for the bank is uh, very, very paramount. Looking into the other major impact Amole brings to the banks, you know, in terms of keeping the liquidity of the bank, the amount of electronic wallet deposit that we have collected so far, you know, helps the bank, you know, to keep its uh, liquidity position as well. So that is also, you know, one of the major impact that Amole brings to the bank. In terms of, you know, contributing to the country towards, you know, creating the cashless society, you know, Amole plays a very, very great role in terms of creating the cashless society as well. So one of the figures that we want to see here is so far, you know, the total payments circulated through Amole uh, reached like 200 millions in the above. You know, one of the interesting facts is that we used to, you know, have cards and cash. Customers are using these two channels previously, but since the introduction of Amole, most of the customers are, you know, trying to use Amole as a payment form. The Amole transaction as of now exceeds that of card at the merchant location. You know, it tells us one of the strong impact that Amole created. So we, we tend to be more of online instead of, uh, you know, using the physical device like cards and POS. So, you know, in terms of creating that cashless society, the contribution of Amole is not, you know, uh, easy. So that's a huge. So far, the total number of transactions processed through Amole has also reached like 1.8 million. You know, this is, uh, again, it's, uh, it's an interesting fact. This is one of the largest in the industry. You know, again, Amole is, you know, one of the youngest in the market, but still in terms of this major statistic, it stood the first in terms of uh, uh, when we compare in the, with the rest of the players in the market. In terms of accelerating the merchant base as well, it's very interesting to say, you know, following the introduction of Amole back in July 2018, we are able to, you know, reach out to 8,000, more than 8,000 merchants in the market. So in terms of acceptance, uh, it's not a small number. So we're able to, you know, reach 8,000 Amole merchants as of now. So this is also, you know, one of the largest in the market when we compare to the other players. After we deploy Amole, we are able to, you know, attract new customers as well. Okay. 
I'm only created various digital contents for the customers to process payments right away from their fingertips. So that, you know, helps the bank to attract new customers. And at the same time, you know, help the bank to retain the existing in terms of bringing their loyalty as well. So, you know, overall, the impact of Amole is not simple. To the bank, it has a very strong impact, Robin. It sounds like it from the numbers you're quoting in terms of new customers or customers new to digital, at least, if we put it that way. But yeah. you've obviously expanded your customer base. You've expanded your, your liquidity with this. It's been a significant contributor to the bank. Exactly. Exactly, Robin. Well, let me turn to Yamiru now, just to start getting into the nuts and bolts of this. Yamiru, what's your view on the difference in the value that's offered by a digital wallet as opposed to mobile money? You know, there is a a misconception and confusion in the marketplace between uh, mobile money and uh, digital wallet. A digital wallet is about bringing all the digital experience into a platform that is from account opening to the whole experience of putting in contextual product offerings, data-driven campaigns, and very tight and seamless, easy fulfillment process. In that, you also have digital products, payments, credits, and uh, lending, all those different uh, products in one experience. You know, when we are talking about mobile money, usually mobile money, as it has been pioneered by M-Pesa, people look at it as uh, mobile money and digital wallet, one and the same. But in actuality, mobile money is more of a P2P type of uh, transaction where People are sending person-to-person transaction and there is a cash-in process and there is a cash-out process. Payment is a secondary and tertiary ideas, not necessarily the primary. In digital wallets, we are talking about being 100% digital and payment and commerce are the main front in terms of the differences. In which case, let's take a step back and say you have a blank canvas to create a digital wallet. How do you go about creating a a strong ecosystem of services and integrators? When you start up with a digital concept, what we are looking for is more of bringing in everyday transaction to the consumer. Everyday transaction means from the time that person wakes up until he comes back home or her home, all the different transactions that happens during the day. So trying to bring those experiences into a digital platform, we are talking about bringing in everyday transactions that from your cup of coffee on your way to the train, to the train ticket itself, to everything else in between in terms of lunch and uh, ordering your pizza or ordering your groceries and all those different things into a platform. So you need an open platform first of all, that is able to integrate with a lot of the third parties that could come as an ecosystem player. Ecosystem players are very important in this scenario because no one fintech or no one bank can fulfill all these different payments orchestrating because you need an ecosystem of 
restaurants, retailers, e-commerce providers, you know, the Uber types, the e-delivery types, and all those different things. But having an open platforms allow you to integrate with a lot of these uh, providers, and you are offering that to your customers in one single platform in the way the customer wants to engage with you. And that not necessarily means that it is always on a mobile app. It could be internet, it could be USSD, or it could be a social network like uh, Telegram or WhatsApp. And you need to be able to provide that for uh, to the customer in the way that they want to engage with you. Let's talk now to the people who have provided the base platform that is the backbone of this service. This is CR2 Technologies. Maeve McGuire, what does your digital banking platform offer to Dash and Bank? You know, Amole is really the brainchild of Monita Technologies, Yamaru and Dash and Bank. They were very clear from day one that they wanted to have an omni-channel approach to Amole. And, you know, we all talk in technical terms about omni-channel and most platform providers, it's a real buzzword in terms of their offering. But the reason that Yamaru knew that he needed an omni-channel platform was really evident in what was already happening in the Ethiopian market and what was not succeeding. So before Amole, there were many wallets in the Ethiopian market, but they were really P2P money transfer systems. There was also digital banking experiences where they had low penetration on potentially the mobile app platform and and the internet platform, but they had some penetration on USSD, for example. And YEM, uh, as we call them, and uh, Dash and Bank were very, very clear that they wanted to provide a seamless, frictionless experience to their customers. So to give you an example, in some of the mobile wallet offerings that were in the Ethiopian market, I had no accessibility to these mobile wallets from my banking app. So if I wanted to fund a mobile wallet, I had to go into an agent or I had to go into a branch of the bank in order to be able to fund. Some of them offered value-added services like bill payment, for example. But again, using my mobile app from my bank, I couldn't actually fund those accounts. I had no idea when I logged onto my mobile app or my web, my internet banking, what was my balance, et cetera. There was no ecosystem. With CR2's solution, we were able to deliver simply that to the Ethiopian market, which was really important because it offered frictionless customer experience via internet banking, mobile app, and USSD. And what we actually found was there was a huge penetration on the mobile app, particularly from the diaspora community, who wanted to access the value-added services that Amole offered, such as DSTV payments, et cetera, abroad using the Dash and Bank mobile banking app. So it was a, a seamless customer experience. And I think, you know, the second pillar of that, which I've spoken about already, is really the frictionless experience. Because other other mobile propositions or other banks were offering services like pay for airline tickets, but there was always a cash element. You needed to come into the branch and pay for your airline ticket at the end of the transaction. Yemaru and Monita and Dash and Bank together through their amazing partnership were the first bank in Ethiopia where you could actually, and you can actually, pay using the CR2 mobile app or internet banking for your Ethiopian airlines ticket and be presented with that airline ticket on the spot, similar with any DSTV payments. The numbers speak for themselves, uh, Robin. You know, they have 50% of the entire DSTV payments market in Ethiopia. Now, let me just say that Ethiopia is the second biggest country in Africa. It's got a population of 100 million, more than 100 million. 
So, you know, to say that we have 50% of the DSTV payments markets, uh, I think speaks for itself. Again, I think they now have achieved 50% of the entire electronics payment within the supermarket ecosystem. So, you know, I think it's really the frictionless experience together with the capability to be able to choose whatever channel, as Yem said earlier on, that I want to be able to interact with. Whether I want to use USSD today because I'm out of the Wi-Fi environment, whether I'm, you know, a corporate internet banking customer who are a really big, important part of this ecosystem because they're providing the salary role and they can use the, the online channel in order to pay the salaries into a Mole accounts or I am a, a, a family household wallet owner and I want to pay the DSTV through my mobile app. With whatever CO2 channel you're interacting on, you have the capability to do this in a seamless experience. Uh, the Irish ambassador to Ethiopia recently told me that she became an Amole customer because she wanted to pay her school fees. And, you know, every bank I go into in Ethiopia, you know, the vice presidents of those banks who are non-Dashian customers will tell me, I became an Amole customer to pay my DSTV. Really, as I said, bringing the, the process of embedded banking to the customer and creating their life in the ecosystem. And I suppose the third pillar, which is really important, and I think most important from your technology provider, is that CR2, because our platform is a hybrid between a product and a platform, was able to roll out this project very quickly. In fact, Yemaru came to me together with the colleagues from Dashin and said, guys, can you get this live within six months? And I think, you know, we, we achieved that milestone. And in fact, the implementation when we actually started the project was only three months because we have an out-of-the-box product offering across, across corporate internet banking, um, mobile retail, and, and the wallet proposition as well. And not only that, because it's a strong platform as well, Dashin and Monita have been able to achieve great milestones uh, by growing their proposition since we first launched. You know, recently they announced that they have 170 new government services available and the first bank to offer this in Ethiopia because the platform gave the flexibility not only to quickly roll out to market, but also to very, very quickly roll out new products and services. I think that's fundamental because with other offerings in the market today, you're looking down the road of big core banking upgrades or potentially a development of complete offerings from the platform providers. But with CR2, we were able to deliver that. And I think last but not least is that, you know, CR2 has a huge amount of experience in delivering best of breed technology globally and in particularly in Africa where scales are, are massive. So, you know, we're already working with Axis Bank in Nigeria who have 30 million customers. We're working with the giants like ABSA, like Standard Bank. And so I think we were able to give Yem, although I let him speak for himself, the confidence that we could deal and scale with a population the size of Ethiopia. And that was really important for us going into this partnership. It's fantastic the results that Monita and Dashin have achieved. You know, they're able to say now that they have increased their digital penetration through this fantastic ecosystem they've built that we're part of by, by 2,000%. So the digital penetration has grown by 2,000%. So I, I think, Robin, the numbers speak for themselves. And, you know, we're just really proud to work with Yam and Dashin Bank and that they invited us into this really fantastic ecosystem changing the landscape of Ethiopia. And I think competing not just with banks, but with a real competitor in Ethiopia, which is cash. That's what we've competed with.
I would say that a couple of things you said really, really stand out to me. One is creating something that's frictionless, and the other is replacing something which requires you still to have a cash element in the transaction. So you can do a transaction online, but you then have to finish it off with cash, which is crazy, frankly. If you've got the infrastructure to create the digital transaction, you should be able to make the payment finally on the digital transaction. Let me turn back to Kasaye. You have this system in place now. You have the wallet up and running. You have millions of people using it. What's next? How do you evolve from what you've got now into the future? We want as a bank to work hard, you know, in terms of bringing some more milestone. In the future, you know, we keep introducing new products, which is, you know, still digital savvy. Since we have a digital savvy young population, we keep working with partners to create new products. As of now, our product portfolio is uh, very limited, so we want to uh, enhance that. Uh, we want to uh, do a kind of you know, cross-border transactions, a kind of uh, international money transfer. Uh, we want to work more on retail payments. And again, uh, you know, uh, we want to focus more on you know, facilitating payments for uh, big manufacturers. You know, we have a product called Supply Order, we can, which we can which can be able to facilitate payments across distribution channels. Our future is just since we have, you know, the largest customer base, which is not still tapped, we keep innovating products and bring it to the market. You know, parallelly, we are also looking into working strongly on, on marketing so that we create uh, awareness to the customer so that they can be able to take our products. We have a very strong partner, uh, Moneta and the CR2. So, uh, you know, that will help us still to, you know, grab the opportunity ahead of us in terms of being fully digital. We keep, you know, innovating on uh, uh, bringing new products so that we can be able to satisfy our customers more. Let me turn to Yem just for a final word on this then. This is going to require more work. How do you think banks should view the fintech players in their market? Is this something that they have to lean on the fintech players or is it the case that a bank could go it alone just as efficiently? The prevailing mindset among banking industry was fintech startups would disrupt and displace incumbent banks. You know, it, it came to be that that is not true. Banks and fintechs will partner and that is what we are seeing in the marketplace. But three years ago, four years ago, there were people who were saying once fintech are coming into the industry they the industry would be changed forever Not, none of the banks would have the ability to be able to uh, survive all those things we passed and now we are at a point where fintechs and banks have to partner because fintechs are focused on transaction and increasing their uh, stickiness in terms of bringing in value added services to the banks so when you start talking to banks, the top five things that come up in the partnership discussions is the whole aspect of the digital onboarding of uh, customers, payments, lending and credits, like fraud and risk management, new banking products. All these are the top five products that banks want to partner with uh, fintechs. Now, as you go into the partnership, there is challenges. Like any other partnership, there is challenges. The challenges is that we don't speak the same language. When we are talking about banks and fintechs, we use the same words, but the meaning is different. 
So when, when we are talking about digital account opening or digital onboarding, the bank might think that digital onboarding is about opening an account through a digital channel. That's it. Well, that's not really true. In our way of looking at customer onboarding is the contextual product offering to opt in, whether that is in a social media, and then that is driven by data. And the marketing aspect of it and bringing them into the platform. And all this is tightly frictionless, seamless, integrated. And then you fulfill that onboarding with a lot of incentives and all those different things. So it's not just signing a bank account, but it's more than that. The other thing is that the banks, when they are thinking about partnering with fintechs, there needs to be some realities, resource realities. When you are thinking about partnership, there needs to be nurturing. Partnership is all about, you need to have people who is focused, a focal point that is going to nurture that relationship and being able to identify the opportunities, negotiate, monitor the relationship and so forth. And when you go into banks, there is no one that is uh, that kind of role. And it's going to be given to one person that has many roles and it will never be done. You know, banks need to focus from that perspective. The next thing is cultural changes. And there is fantasies too, I mean, with the whole cultural change. When I talk about cultural change, we are talking about the bank might have a digital strategy and they think by partnering with a fintech, they think that they can do that digital transformation. Well, I hate to say this, but really, if you are depending on a fintech to make you a digital bank, you have a lot more problem than that because that's not going to happen. Culture does not come from outside. You need to build the culture internally. The other thing is the collaboration confusion. Banks talk about partnership, but all the time they think about partnership is they are talking about a vendor, a vendor relationship, a consultant. And what happens is that that confusion creates that I am being treated as a vendor as a distribution channel or as a consultant, as opposed to a partner in the business that is opening new markets, bringing in new, new products, creating reach for your customer base and so forth. So those kind of things have to be looked at. Last, it's about strategy first and then partnership. You cannot bring in the partnership horse before the strategy cart. And that is always a problem with a lot of banks out there. The mind-boggling is how many bank executives will dismiss strategic planning as irrelevant process because it will devolve into some budgeting exercise. Because <laughs> when you are talking about a partnership and with a fintech, you are looking at a, a lot more larger emphasis into how you go to market. So those kind of things are challenges, opportunities that you need to work with banks and you need to this relationship, just like a marriage, you have to work at it and work it very hard. Just like a marriage. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll round it up there. So thank you to Kasai Shetu, Director, Alternate Channels Department of Dashen Bank. Yemeru Chanyalu, as I said, the Chief Executive of Maneta Technologies and Maeve Maguire, Global Commercial Manager of CR2.